0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com/slash have a drink show.
1: Today we're talking about drinking. Yes, I know we usually do, but we're gonna talk about people who really put their livers into it. Now we don't want to glorify drinking on the show, but honestly, some of these stories are truly insane and deserve to be told for good and ill. So come along as we tell you some of these tales, and maybe join us as we have a drink. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Fraser. Uh, I'm
3: Christopher Walker.
2: And I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hey, everybody. Howdy, howdy, guys.
1: How's everybody doing? Oh, just
2: peachy.
0: You know, <laughs> being adults, <for>, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you guys get to look at your children living their lives all carefree and happy and just think, you sons of us.
2: Well, uh, <laughs>
1: nice.
2: I didn't until just now. <laughs> good. Then my work here is done.
1: Uh, <laughs> we've the the show served its purpose. Uh, have a good night, everybody.
0: <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Uh. It's just been a. It's just been a. It's been a time. Is is what it is. Um, summer is always busy, and also, Hot. why is it still summer? <laughs> this is dumb, and I hate it.
1: We want fall. Get here, fall. So, <laughs> it's like the Eddie Ezra joke about purity being one day. It oh, should yeah. be. Get it it should be like summer should be one day. Get the
3: fucker over
1: with. Just. <laughs> uh, I mean,
3: pretty much in Kentucky, that's how it tends to go. There'll be one day where it's like 120 with a thousand percent humidity. That was a, that was like a whole week. Huh. We haven't a... hit that yet. We've only had. We haven't had any days where the actual temperature's been over 100.
1: That's true. We but, haven't had over 100
3: that, but we have
1: had a solid week in the ni- 90s to upper 90s. or with, You know, yeah. somewhere
3: in the 90s with 100% humidity. We've had heat index over 100. Now, yes, you are very much correct there.
0: But the, the important thing is the humidity thing, and I'm just... This is the time of year when I'm like, I can't... Can I just step out of the car and not have my glasses fog up from the humidity? Or... I don't know. It, have a shower and then walk outside and immediately start sweating. It was so hot last week. How came,
3: hot was it? <laughs> I
1: came home from work and immediately trimmed my beard down.
3: It's just the hot. amount
1: of time it took me from like le- leaving work to to like you know come home and just like the brief instance of being outside of the car. I just came home and just went nope,
3: yeah, just bring this th- bring this back down. I'm not. I, yeah, I can't bring myself to do that. I'm always just like, no, what do I look like? I look like a grizzly bear that just caught a salmon out of the river and all the water running off of its maw. And I'm just like, no, it's just how we look.
1: It's how you look. It's that or John Oliver.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't face that. <laughs> can't look at that again. No. No. <laughs> uh, well,
1: all right. Uh, anything, anything fun been going on with the walkers, or has it just been die in a heat.
3: Um, well, um, so we have Disney coming up in about a month and Emmett has decided the family costumes for the Halloween party. We shall all be Smurfs.
1: I approve. I mean, sure. Lestromps. He
3: he will be Brainy and it is decided I will be Papa Smurf. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be the younger Papa Smurf because my beard is yeah, not white. He's
1: got like the brown beard, yeah.
2: Or you could lean into it there is hair bleach
1: yeah.
2: and die here
1: here's the question um one your son has tro- chosen the wrong smurf uh yeah I i'm mean, sorry it, to tell you it is what it is uh but just a bit of smurf trivia how tall are smurfs i don't know
0: they're tiny 2.5 inches there's
1: a there's a canon answer and i can I, I know it i'm just seeing what everyone else thinks
0: well this blue People's mind when I told them this. They live in mushrooms, so uh huh. Can't be that mm-hmm.
3: large, but based on the newer Netflix show, which is where all of my referencing can be done now, because it's all we watch all day, every day, every hour, every minute, <laughs> every second. Gargamel can fit about three Smurfs in his hand, so I would say at the largest, that's going to be like three inches tall. At the largest.
1: So- so Smurfs are, are medieval, or set in the medieval time. Yes. So they don't have standard measurements as we would have them. Smurfs, by their own measurements, say that all Smurfs are three apples high.
3: Oh yeah, I remember that. That seems so. Too, how almost. big
1: is Gargamel and Azrael? <laughs> Giants. Well, but, that's, but there's other people too. So, like, like the other question is, how big are the apples they're using to measure?
3: Mm. So income. so as the show portrays them there are giants in the show. They are roughly the same size as Gargamel.
1: Yeah, but it, there's also like the 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 knights that the knight and the squire that come by every so often and they're roughly the same well one of them is roughly the same size as Gargamel, the other ones, you know, half the size and is called a dwarf. So hmm. there's I told this to somebody, they're like, there's no way they are three apples. You can't fit three apples into a mushroom.
3: Exactly. No, unless it's and I'm a
1: like, he's like, like, look, uh, Payup is that his name? The, the artist and creator of the Smurfs uh, just said a lot of stuff and also had a lot of unfortunate opinions. Uh, I'm
0: sure. Oh,
1: he was very much against his editor forced him to put in Smurfette because he went, why would they need a woman? She's just going to ruin everything,
0: <laughs> which is why I like the new, well, new. It, I'm sure it doesn't run currently, but like the uh, the newer version on Netflix, because not only is Smurfette like I can take care of my damn self, but there's that. There's also another village of all girls. It's not a village. Well, uh, true. It's another. Uh, I don't know what it is, but yeah.
3: Because all the the Smurf women, except for Smurfette, and don't know why she stayed. All the others like turned wild and literally just went to the forest to be hunter gatherers under hmm. their matriarch Willow. Which, yeah, Willow. Which yeah. I guess she had like a falling out with Papa Smurf, which I, I took feel all like... them to the to the woods, and now they're all just like naturalists. And see, that's, <laughs> a, that's awesome a different hair.
1: canon because originally Smurfette uh, was created by Gargamel as a trap for the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. There are no natural born female Smurfs. Uh, they uh Smurfette and Sassy were both created by Gargamel. Hmm. I watched way too much Smurfs as a child.
3: Anyone remember the Smurf Dark Ride at Kings Island? Yes, there's a video of it on YouTube. I had to go watch it just to be sure I wasn't crazy and imagine. You were I like, I was like, I know I rode that as a child. It,
1: in fairness, Chris, you could have remembered it, and we, and like our our one shared brain cell would probably
3: <laughs> it transmitted it to you. Yeah. Well, I, so my brain, because I can remember when Snow White's, uh, scary adventure was at Disney world at the same time as Mr. Toad's wild ride was actually still at Disney world when, you know, rides could actually be scary Mm -hmm. and that like traumatized me as a child, but somehow it melded together with the Smurf ride at (laughs) King's Island. So I'm like, I've got all these like weird memories of like Smurfs and Snow White and the evil queen and Gargamel and none of it makes sense. (laughs) Uh, and then dying uh, and going to hell while riding around in the automobile.
1: That's
2: mm-hmm. how it happens.
1: It is. Uh, all right. So Disney planning and Smurf costumes. Any anything else?
3: Uh,
0: uh, We're going to go see the uh, new Ninja Turtles movie tomorrow. Yep, Ooh, that'd be fun.
3: Excited well, about right. that one. Uh, most yeah. most reports have it being the best Ninja Turtles has ever been and
1: oh that's high praise because that first live-action ninja turtles movie is real good
3: yeah uh quick aside something just changed on the mics yeah it sounds like it went to a room mic or something there's a lot of a lot of gain coming in a lot of background noise
1: we'll have to edit this out i'm double checking to see what mic is using Oh, there it went. And it's
3: back. Oh, that's me then.
2: Yeah. Hold
3: on. It was like suddenly the fish tank is like sitting next to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> suddenly. These fish are next to me.
2: Reduce bag noise? That did it.
1: That did, that did it.
2: <laughs> all yeah. right then. wow checkbox does checkboxy stuff
1: it does huh. it that's like magic too because like it was it was like a little bit of something before it's completely gone now
3: yeah i don't well, there know there we go it, it was just a very slight thing for it, and then it blew up for no yeah. reason i don't know what i think you just got quiet and suddenly it was. yeah it's because
2: like, i it, wasn't doing anything for a minute it and it
3: picked up that in. sound I was like i need to be extra sensitive yeah. Brittany a second to uh mark that as an edit.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll find it at some point.
3: Won't get be there. Won't be hard when you're going back through. Okay. So, <laughs> um, we'll pick back up uh with Bob, what have you been up to? Um
1: yeah, not well, I would say not a whole lot. That's be my usual answer, but uh I've had a uh, last weekend was busy. I had to make a, uh, a, a one day trip back to Eastern Kentucky. Mm. Uh, uh, had a lot of events going on. Uh, had to go see some people in a hospital and, uh, uh, everyone's more or less fine now, uh, recovering, uh, and had to, uh, uh, there, there, there are HIPAA reasons I can't talk about it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but there's a, uh, but also my aunt was getting married, uh, Ah,
3: yes, you've mentioned so, that before. I don't know if on the show, but privately yeah. we've talked of it.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so I drove back. She got married at, uh, uh, you guys would perhaps know this, uh, our listeners will have no idea, but uh, Camp Shawnee.
3: Oh, yeah, I went to several camps there.
1: hmm yeah, so I think I've been there like once years ago, uh, but it had been a while, so I'm, like, I'm driving out there just going like, in my head, vaguely remembering where it was at, I'm just like, so gravel roads gotta end sooner or later <laughs> there's gotta be a building i know it's somewhere out here uh but it, it was nice uh i wish it th- there was a lot of fluid planning changes spe- like up until like that that very last week wish i had known that they were doing the wedding outside though oh i went there with no hat no sunblock and I thought I got by okay. I thought I got into the shade fast enough, but uh, yeah, I got a little, uh, little toasted. Uh, mostly healed up now, but it was, uh, uh it was fine. I, I I realized when I was down there though that I have cousins that you know used to we would see each other every day because we all lived in the same holler. I haven't seen them in one of them at least in about a decade. And I was little, just like, yeah, no, like they didn't they didn't recognize me for a while. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fair. There have been some changes. Uh, but razors uh, were but,
3: purchased. Uh,
1: what was, yeah, what was funny was, uh, uh, we've never had really dancing at any of the weddings that, yeah you know, we had among our family. We're not it's a dancing it's footloose town. <laughs> that, it was on my mom's side that they were old, regular Baptists. It's footloose mm. town.
3: Uh, no fun.
1: No fun. Um, but my uh, my aunt had uh, uh, said they were going to be playing some music. And one was mixed entirely too loud. So I was like, we were sitting there trying to talk. And you can just hear, nah, nah. it's like, geez, come on, guys. Read the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at one point, they kick into the cha-cha slide. Oh, and God. my aunt and some other people who <coughs> start doing it. But what's funny is I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, I know every word of this. And I looked at my dad and he's like, what is this? And I went, you've never had to hear this before, have you? No.
0: How?
3: <laughs> so I have many a story with that song because that was the all collective, our informative years is when that came mm-hmm. out. That was, mm-hmm. that would have been what? Like we were all freshmen, sophomores, something like that.
0: I had, There were years at 4-H camp for me.
3: Uh, at yeah. Your cousin, I say it, it was, yeah.
1: It, it is a 4-H song in my head. It's well, just, yep, For me it was on, of, I'll do some dancing.
3: At at the beach, and I'd be out, at, there was a, at Myrtle Beach, I can't, uh, the attic, I don't know if anyone ever had been there, it was the teen club, like literally it was, you had to be a teenager to get in, and there was no, obviously it, yeah. no drinking, but every, like for two years, when I was finally at age to go, and wanted to go, that was like the only thing they played, and so I'd be there and be like, God, <laughs> because <laughs> this was my very not quite emo we'll say gothic uh stage when i'm wearing gigantic black jinkos yeah. and all that mm-hmm. and i'm just like shoot me was like because i'm finally old enough to be here and now i just don't want to effing be here
1: yeah yeah that was uh but yeah that was that was interesting watching uh watching them try to figure it out uh, like my, my my parents listening, they're going, "What is this?" Then was immediately followed up by watching uh, my aunt and one of my cousins, oh, one of my older cousins, uh, try to dance to it, and uh, one of them forgetting which one was left. So they immediately just bounced right into each other, and I went, "Yep, yep, that tracks."
3: Every generation has a song like that where they literally just walk you through it.
1: <laughs> it's uh it's I mean, it's it's line dancing. They just change the the thing for it. Uh, yeah, it, which so, was funny when we mentioned the electric slide before because it was
0: the electric slide. And then what was the other the other one at 4H camp for us was the King Tut thing.
1: King Tut, um, yeah. Uh, I think the hustle event. might have been the thing. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. What's up, Casey?
2: Current event with the uh, with the cha cha slide. The creator DJ Casper passed away this week. Oh, oh, well.
3: Really? Yep. Wow. Today I learned. Yeah,
2: T-I-O.
1: Uh him and the voice of Dale from King of the Hill.
3: Man, oh, really? I know. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's who we're talking about. We shared
3: it in the thing. You could the have. group chat. And there already the, there was. The meme. doesn't pay
2: attention to us in there. I didn't know there. what
3: there was that, the meme of death know. showing up, and <laughs> it's just like instead of because the dog thing it was like. Was I a good was boy? It's it like it's Dale, and he's goes sh pocket hand and runs away. Well, see, I saw the picture,
0: and I was like, "Yeah, it's Dale." Okay, but I didn't.
3: <laughs> I, none
0: of none of this ever clicked.
3: Yeah, yeah. He died. Oh. Uh, and then we had the discussion about whether or not the revival of King of the Hill can move on. I think it can. They probably won't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't wouldn't. know. We'll see. Uh,
3: because I mean, you've got Dale and Luann are both gone now, so yeah, it's like we're we're really chipping away.
0: Wasn't Lucky, too. A, a, another voice, too? I thought
3: Lucky. Tom Petty. Oh, yeah, Tom no, Petty. No, no, yeah,
0: but I, I was, well, I was
3: that
1: thinking it Brittany easier. Murphy did another voice you in could, addition to... You can write Lucky out pretty easily.
3: Lucky yeah. and Luann, you know, a, a, the another tornado came, and Hank wasn't there to rescue Luann and Lucky <laughs> from the trailer park.
4: <laughs> and then it's all uh, like,
3: it's easy to write Dale out, as in, like, the FBI finally, you know took some of his crap seriously or he
1: or, or he's 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 deep into q and yeah and like has gone into actual hiding uh i don't know he is Q.
0: yeah it's still i don't know
1: god that would be an episode they would have done right like dale creates a a, a weird conspiracy theorist Collective that's, that that takes off, then he's essentially like a cue knockoff. Like, I could see that episode of King of the Hill.
3: Yeah, they probably would have done that.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Casey, what have you been up to?
3: Brighton is mood. <laughs> I ain't brightening nothing. <laughs> uh,
2: we've had uh, a mutual friend at the brewery this weekend and this week mm. doing some photos, trying to get our social media photos up to date and all that good stuff. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting to try to get all that. Uh, it's good to see photography again. That's good. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, A past hobby of yours.
2: Yeah. Well, that, and I'm not saying mine's good either. Um, <laughs> hey, you did our
3: wedding pictures and they were good. Yeah. Uh oh,
2: well, I appreciate you. Um it, I'm just it, saying, you know,
3: it's been a it's been a while since I've
2: picked up a camera. Uh
1: <laughs> it's it's real it's real fun listening to our mutual friend look at someone else's pictures and just be like, God, this is trash. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> just like, yes. what are they? Why and I, look, I I like he's like, you have to see this, and i look at it and go, why is everything green? Exactly.
2: <laughs> uh yep. So posing food, being a, uh, a beer, uh, fluffer <laughs> this week, just
1: stirring up your, your things or, uh, uh, doing a little extra hit on top or something.
3: This beer was poured this, this 20 straw minutes chair. ago. We need to refresh the head on it. Uh-huh. So just, I, I was,
1: was going to make a sound and it was just, no.
3: Yeah. It's a different sound.
2: Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh i did get a new board game oh Ooh. well not not new necessarily this week but i'm I playing it and i have i have updates so uh, mr president is the name of the board game bob okay. have we talked about this yet have you seen it
1: i don't think so we talked about so, a different board game last i saw you
2: this is this is the era of 20 2000 to 2020 and you mm-hmm. play as president during that period And if, I mean, if you're doing well, you could get, you know, basically reelected and all that. But it is such an in-depth and complex board game. (laughs) The little, little pips that you, you punch out for everything that could be going on at any point in time. There's, uh, I would not, there's six pages and there's probably 150 per page. And all of them are sort of in play at any point on the game board. Mm Mm-hmm and so you're playing president you've got to manage wars over in foreign lands um everything is is kind of to be as it is like they're like oh there's a civil unrest here the taliban are here like and in this area and then you've also got like domestic policy that you've got to be setting and what what your your promises during the campaign were versus what the people want and and just a very all while um, North Korea and uh, who's the other one? Iran so. are are doing nuclear proliferation and trying to figure out when
3: they're going to launch the nukes.
0: You just lost to, me uh, long ago on this. Real <laughs>
3: in-depth yeah. but it honestly goes back. On, in my head, I'm just picturing it playing out like the Model UN thing and that episode of Community, <laughs> and I just keep hearing. The moon. Uh, was it Garrett? Is that his name? When He's like, crisis alert! <laughs> Oh,
1: and community. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of Parks and Rec where it's like we are representatives of the moon. Uh oh. <laughs> uh Yeah, Crisis Alert. Yeah, that's the, that's alert. commute.
3: Uh and then they solve it, it by creating a parallel universe that has to slip in and solve all of our universe's and problems. Uh what is uh
1: what is funny is uh uh there are two extremes you can do with with you know board games. You can go very complex to, to kind of uh, uh, like mechanically to kind of like keep all these plates spinning to figure out what you're doing, which sounds like kind of what this is. Yes. Uh, There's the other end, which is diplomacy where mechanically it's fairly simple. You write down your orders. A turn order is established and everything kind of goes in turn order. And you, uh, the complex part is you playing with the other people because deals happen. Support goes down because you're like, you're, you're playing world war one. Uh, and you can't move on another country without someone else's support, and so you've got to make back alley deals and break them, and uh, uh, friendships are lost in that game. Uh, it was, uh, that's what I was thinking of as you're talking about this. Like, man, this is like, like, compl- like it 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 is trying to to fill a similar idea of how how complex politics and 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 Yes, yeah, these sort of things can be, but they do it by going mechanically light, but knowing that the players will make it complicated on their own.
2: Oh no, yeah. So, so this is a one-player game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that makes it even, well, um, even more complex because the only, I mean, the the real randomness that's in there's dice rolls on whether your your vice president went out and was able to win over congress and something and and, you know there's things like that but the complexity is you've got various different and every game being different because it's you draw cards of certain crises. like as soon as i got there like the first game i set up i draw the first card and it's oh there was a scandal during your election (laughs) and so now you've got to deal with like public opinion being lower than it would be right from the very start of the game
1: Mm. Uh, How often uh, do you uh, uh, attempt to prevent a peaceful transition of power?
2: Ooh, I don't know. I've not gotten to that yet. Okay. Just curious. But I'm sure there is an opportunity (laughs) for that to happen.
1: God, I hope not. Uh,
2: In another country, not in this one.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, I think we have a topic today.
4: We're that drunk. She keep time. We're that drunk. We're that drunk. We're not drunk. We're not
1: drunk. We are not that Everyone
3: we're talking about was
1: <laughs> one shared brain cell.
3: <laughs> and I'm just—I'm looking at the very first one we're going to talk about. I, I just, in my brain, I'm like, I know it's a bad idea, but can <laughs> me and Bob live? a day uh, in the life of Churchill. They
1: did that on the they did on the whiskey tribe.
3: Oh lord. They had they had
1: Andrew Heaton on and one of them uh, and him went all day drinking and smoking cigars like Churchill did.
0: I would have puked in like an hour.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, uh first up we we're going to be talking about four different historical figures uh uh, uh who who are known for for prodigious drinking. Uh, we're not going to try to glorify it a whole lot necessarily although some of these stories are going to be funny that's just part and parcel with what we're doing please drink responsibly we're going to say that now and we're going to say it later But uh,
2: do not follow in the footsteps of this great <laughs> man <laughs> do not, not follow in the footsteps
1: of people like Winston Churchill <laughs> uh, because Winston Churchill is famous for many things being prime minister during World War Two, pithy quotes, getting thousands of people killed in the Gallipoli campaign of World War One. Okay, maybe not as many people know about that one, but
3: follow you on that one. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, Sabaton they has an entire song about it, like this woeful ballad about the <sighs> men lost.
1: He tries to make excuses for it in his books, but you know what? We're, like, we're not here to talk about that. I want to, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, But what he is also known for at the same level of these topics is his prodigious drinking. Uh, Churchill had been a heavy drinker most of his life and was capable of racking up quite the bill for it. In 1936, he reportedly had a tab with his wine merchant that was the equivalent of uh, of today's equivalent of $75,000. His
3: wine merchant. Just just let that settle in.
1: I mean, come on, it's Churchill. He's—I would say he—he he comes from old money that ran out of money and married a rich American, uh, so he got a new influx influx of money, and then he spent it all on drinking and gambling. I mean, what,
3: what would you spend it on? Drinking and D and D and D D. Her Warhammer. Warhammer. I'm not working anymore.
1: <laughs> Sad thing is, I probably still work. I would just like keep it on the day. Like, yeah, it's fine. No take, one bother
3: me. You take the Henry Cavill route. It's like, how are you so sexy and so nerdy and do so much? And it's like, I, I have to work so much to, you know, fuel support my, this hobby. Yeah. To support my Warhammer 40 K hobby. Mm-hmm. You can't have like 20 armies and be bringing in, you know, anything under a million dollars a year. Right.
1: Uh, well, uh, Churchill was able to use uh, this alcoholic part of himself for the greater good, uh, and he helped in the world use it to help the war effort in World War II. Stick with me; this is this is true. Uh, if he used it to wine and dine FDR, White House staffers in uh, FDR's administration had a special term for when Churchill came to visit: "quote Winston hours." Unquote. Sure. Uh, basically, during this time, the president and the prime minister would get three sheets to the wind. Supposedly, Roosevelt needed to sleep for 10 hours uh, a night for three nights to recover from Winston hours. <laughs> and FDR was no slouch drinking himself. Uh, Winston was once quoted as saying, when I was uh, when I was younger, I made it a rule. Never to take a strong drink before lunch. Now it is my rule never to do so before breakfast. <laughs>
3: Uh, the great, uh, a great quote from, uh, Terry Pratchett crops up in my mind there about vimes when it's uh, oh, what was it? Uh, ah, when he's, when he's getting married and he's getting kicked out of the watch and when he just got the news and he goes out drinking for the first time in a while and he's just like stone faced drunk and they realize it and they're like, don't tell me he went out drinking on an empty stomach. No, I think he put some alcohol in it first. (laughs) Uh,
1: Speaking of that, let's, let's run down uh, Winston Churchill's uh, uh, itinerary for drinking. Uh, uh, This is the schedule that perhaps we should try to live out one day. And keep in mind, he did this while in his sixties and seventies. And running, (laughs) running a war. (laughs) yeah uh seven thirty, wake up remain it's in a war bed rock. yeah uh wake up remain in bed eat breakfast read newspaper work glass of whiskey and soda now his whiskey and sodas would be like two ounces of whiskey in like a collins glass and he'd fill up the rest in soda so he would it would be diluted down some um uh, but there'd be like you know one or one or so of those, uh, uh, eleven a.m. out of bed, stroll around the garden, supervising estate, whiskey and soda. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
1: this says it in like military time, so I'm gonna do that so I don't accidentally screw up and say the wrong time. Uh, thirteen hundred hours, multi-course lunch, imperial pint of champagne, pint <laughs> of champagne.
3: As you do, <laughs> that's the best part of it—an imperial <laughs> pint of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> not a uh, not a glass of champagne. No, it was an Imperial Pint. Okay. So
2: so the key there is Imperial Pint. Mm-hmm. Which is not sixteen ounces. No. Okay. It's 20.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a big boy pint. <laughs> pint big, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh 15, 30 hours, work from study, glass of cognac. <laughs>
3: cuz it's like you know you you 3
0: 3:30 in the afternoon
3: yeah, and you're it's like it's time eh. to switch over.
0: Need to relax.
1: Well, speaking of relaxing, 1700 hours. Uh hour and a half nap/siesta, a habit he picked up from his time in Cuba. At that point, yes.
0: I mean, you have yeah,
1: and you've uh, you way du- to have things. you've got a you've had a, a a a good buzz going all day. It's time to sleep it off a bit cuz you got to... Because at 1830, wake up, bathe, and dress for dinner. So that at uh, uh, 20 hundred hours, lengthy dinner with guests, imperial pint of champagne.
2: You know, a nap so hard you have to take a bath after. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Right.
0: I need to know what the glass specifically <laughs> looks like for the imperial pint of
1: champagne.
3: Was it just I'm, like picturing,
1: a- I'm picturing a champagne glass like the, the the old school champagne glasses.
3: It's just real big. Or is it was so, it literally you know, just a beer pint glass where you just like fill yeah. it up?
2: <laughs> you know those um, those like the pub, and you mm-hmm. get those glasses that are kind of straight sided, but they've got a bump.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: like mm-hmm. two thirds up the, the yeah br- the British they're, pint they're, glasses.
3: That's what yeah
2: they're they're technically called nonic or nonic pints, but basically I uh, I say nonic because they can't nick the edges of glass when you click them together because they get stopped by the the rim of the glass that's below it um but yeah those are like sometimes when you go into like the pub it's a true 16 ounce pint but yeah, traditionally it should be a 20 ounce mm-hmm. if you're getting a real
3: pint i just get well, the uh the blues brothers thing in my head when they're at the, the fancy restaurant he's like wrong glass with- sir <laughs> and he's just like holding up one of those pint glasses doing the Mm. the Balushi head. Yeah. The mm. (laughs) fill it up. (laughs) Uh,
1: midnight work and study more cognac. Unclear how much more (laughs) just more.
0: You just, yeah. Uh,
1: one to 3 a.m. Bedtime. Uh,
3: I already have problems with this schedule. Um, I haven't seen that side of 1 a.m. in a long time.
1: <laughs> well, a schedule like this is bound to leave you feeling something, uh, something throughout the day, as well as something else entirely throughout the next morning. Uh, it should be worth noting that the whiskey and sodas that Churchill would drink would be watered down, but even watered down, the amount of drinking he did probably kept a low buzz going throughout the day. Churchill was fond of dictating notes well into the wee hours of the morning. There are stories that uh, the, the day went... Uh, That the day's effect, as the day went on, the effects of alcohol were perhaps getting to him. Uh, There are there. There's a story that members of his cabinet, uh, when reading uh, the uh, the notes that were there from the night before, remarked, "Winston must have been in his cups last night (laughs) with war plans." (laughs) Uh, Probably best that he was in a democratic uh, system rather than uh, with competent subordinates rather than a dictatorship where he had the final say.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh,
1: and while we don't want to linger too long on the question of how responsible it is for le- uh, a leader to drink at Winston's level every day, we'd be remiss if we did not have a couple of good Churchill quotes, uh, about drinking in this. So got two, two real quick ones here. Uh, one of them I'm sure you've heard, uh, as Churchill historian Michael Richards described a game Churchill was fond of playing with his friend uh, Frederick Lindemann and Oxford uh, Don, who is the government's chief scientific advisor. Uh, Prof, Churchill would command, pray calculate the total quantity of champagne, wine, and spirits I have consumed thus far in my life and tell me how much of this room it would fill. Lindemann would pull out a slide rule, pretend to make calculations, and announce something along the lines of, I'm sorry, Winston, would only reach our ankles. <laughs> And Churchill would mock, sigh, how much to do, how little time remains. (laughs) Wow.
3: (laughs) Those are the friends you want. Mm
1: -hmm. And then there's one of the most notable anecdotes. that revolves a woman accusing of Churchill of being, what else? Hammered. Uh The woman in question is unclear, but some believe it was the conservative Lady Astor.
3: As, as, the in, story... as in Aster, she was on Titanic? The yeah. Aster?
1: <laughs> well, as the story goes, she made the remark You, Mr. Churchill, are a drunk. And what did Churchill allegedly respond with? My dear, you are ugly. What's more, you are disgustingly ugly. But tomorrow I shall be sober. You will still be disgustingly ugly. <laughs>
3: yeah. Delicious. yeah. Man's got a <laughs> point.
1: <laughs> Drunkenness uh, is
3: a temporary state of things. Uh,
1: Churchill was known for, not known for being perhaps the nicest person on earth. You being an imperialist. Say.
0: That that uh, that quote almost it reminds me of something from God. Somebody told sold me in high school. I think and I think it was from a comedian, but I couldn't begin to remember who it was. It was like it was like, honey, you could run to Yemen. But you're still gonna be ugly in the face, like <laughs> <Looking laughs> as far as like trying to make yourself better. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ah, well, I think it's time to move on to our next, uh, next person—a true giant in the field of drinking.
3: Oh, uh, yes, that's uh, why, why I chose this one. Uh, <laughs> my fellow giganto, Andre the <laughs> Giant. Which I will say, there on biographics, there is a great biography. Of Andre the there's
1: Giant, a, there's a good one on. I guess it was HBO Maxness now, just Max. It's probably still there about Andre.
3: Yeah, it it was focused a lot on his childhood, which I was unaware of. And like, I know we don't get into it a lot in here, but when he started into wrestling, his real shtick, like when like he was a legitimate, fantastic, like competitive wrestler, he was so agile. And that it pissed him when off he was, to no end that McMahon wanted him to be slow because he was so fast.
1: When he when he was when he was young, just starting out, you can see like videos of this. He was skinny.
3: It's
1: it's something to see. Anyway, let's let's get into it.
3: Anyway, <laughs> with the man's size, uh, Andre the Giant's real name, Andre Rene. I used to be able to say it, uh, Rusimov? Uh, Drinking was legendary for its amount. It goes without saying that the man was large and required more to get drunk than someone of more average height. I know this. (laughs) Known to his friends simply as Giant or Boss, Andre was born on May nineteenth, 1946, in Grenoble. No, no, that's not how you'd say it. I'm just going to butcher it. Grenoble, France. And it's it's really hard to look at the man and picture him speaking French, but here we are. I mean,
1: uh, also I like the fact that he's called Boss because,
4: that m- yeah, that seems accurate. right. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. sure thing, Boss. Oui. Do whatever you say. We. Oui. <laughs> but um, born in France, the child of Russian immigrants. Shortly after his birth, he was diagnosed with a rare glandular disease, uh, acromegaly. Which caused his body to overproduce growth hormones. As a result, Andre grew to a height of somewhere between 6'11 and Mm 7'5 and a weight of over 500 pounds. His actual height and weight have been speculated about for decades. The business is notorious for inflating wrestler statistics, but Andre's illness sometimes made him slouch or bow his shoulders, so he might as well have been the advertised uh, 7'5. It's
1: actually like kind of horrific to think of when you're like, not horrific, but it's like a, a thing to think of when you're like, when you see him, you always think of him like, a, mm, mm-hmm, like stout and kind of slouching.
0: The Princess Bride. Vibe.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. think
3: of him like just stretching out. You're just like, oh God. If, yeah. <laughs> if he were to stretch and stand up straight, you, you would just like jaw hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first wrestled as Andre the Butcher, but it was Vincent J. McMahon Sr., owner of the New York's Worldwide Wrestling Federation, WWF, uh, who christened him Andre the Giant. It has been estimated that Andre the Giant drank 7,000 calories worth of booze every day. The figure doesn't include food, just booze.
1: 7,000 calories in alcohol.
3: How are you going
2: to maintain 500 pounds unless you, <laughs> yeah. you make it happen? Oh, it's a lot of
3: calories. Quarter tonne. <laughs> <But> it becomes <laughs> becomes easier to just drink them rather than eat them. Chew it, because chewing would burn them. Yeah, get, what, don't just that's 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 wasted calories there. Yeah, uh, in 1977, the American dream Dusty roads. Chris,
1: there's a big part of the reason this story is on here, other than it's fantastic, is because it involves Dusty Rhodes,
3: wrestle <laughs> uh, and Andre. Band. Did you know Dusty's uh, was it Dusty's son is now wrestling in WWF? I think I what thought
1: I heard something about that, but I. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh,
3: anyway, wrestled Andre at Madison Square Garden. Afterwards, the old friends went out, uh, out on the town. They adjourned to one of Andre's favorite watering holes and took stools at the bar. Andre occupied two.
0: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Several hours and some one hundred beers later. Around 75 of them were Andre's. They decided to head back to their hotel. Andre looked at taxis with the same scorn as most (laughs) other conveyances and announced (laughs) that he and Dusty would walk, which was a problem because Dusty was having trouble maintaining a vertical position. Andre studied the situation (laughs) and a twinkling grin blossomed across his face. People who spent any time with the big man quickly learned to watch for that grin. It was a harbinger of danger. It meant that Andre was contemplating something risky. Something with potential legal ramifications. But also, most assuredly, something fun. Oh, God. A moment... A moment later, the two huge rustlers attacked a pair of horse-drawn carriages. <laughs> Dusty threw a handful of paper money at one driver, while Andre hauled the other from his seat with one hand. <laughs> while one driver cursed, the other scrambled around on the ground, collecting his windfall. Andre and Dusty thundered off in the carriages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for some reason, in my head, I'm picturing this like animated in the style of Scooby Doo, and it's great. They raced through the Manhattan streets, dodging cars and pedestrians for 15 blocks <laughs> before ditching the carriages <laughs> and lathered horses a block from their hotel. You know, can you imagine the
1: off. one that had to haul
3: Andre? <laughs> That horse would just be dead. Just like, God, stop. <laughs> they just have to put it down. <laughs> By the time the cops arrived, Andre and Dusty were enjoying snifters of brandy in the hotel bar, appearing as innocent as angels. <laughs> the next day, <laughs> the next day they main-evented another card at the garden. Jesus. <laughs> uh,
1: Alright, sorry, that was just a fun drinking story. But next up, we have a legitimate feat of uh, perhaps a world, an unrecorded world record.
3: All right. Well, Andre once consumed 119 12-ounce beers in six hours. To put that <laughs> in mere mortal terms, that equates to a 12-ounce beer downed every three minutes nonstop for six hours straight. After the marathon drinking session, Andre understandably passed out in a hotel (laughs) lobby and couldn't be moved or stirred. (laughs) His friends resorted to draping him with a piano cover and letting him sleep through the morning. He turned into snorlax. Yeah, Yeah. essentially. He had to play the polka flute to get him up. (laughs) (laughs) Over a month-long period while filming The Princess Bride, Andre allegedly rang up. I I love this one rang up a $40,000 bar tab at the Hyatt in London. According to an interview with Carrie Elwes in Vanity Fair, Andre's go-to order was something called an American. 40 ounces of various liquors poured into a pitcher. (laughs) I've never tasted airplane fuel, Elwes said, but I imagine it's very close to what that must taste like. It's very potent indeed, and I remember coughing a lot. But to him... It was like chugging water. God, at least he shares because that suggests yeah. he offered Carrie some swigs.
1: Yeah, I left off uh, uh, like the the a couple other stories because like there's just so many about Andre's ability to drink and still be functional. But the next one I think highlights this very well.
3: Oh yeah, that that so his size and it, I hate to say like he was self medicating. Because because yeah. of his disorder, he was in a lot of pain all the time. And we, he kind of knew his dosage of what it took to just function. Funny you should say that. <laughs> when Andre needed surgery to help with the pain his frame was putting on his joints, the doctors ran into a problem when it came to anest- anesthetizing. Uh, anesthetizing. I was one of the anesthesiology, but I'm like, no, wait, we're, we're not using it in that form. Yeah. Uh, they had no idea how much it would take to properly knock him out and not kill him, which was something they wanted to avoid. Finally, one, one of the doctors asked Andre if he was a drinker. Andre responded that, yes, he'd been known to tip a glass from time to time. The doctor then wanted to know how much Andre drank and how much it took to get him drunk. Well, grumbled the giant, it usually takes two liters of vodka just to make me feel warm inside. And thus, a solution was found. The gas passer was able to extrapolate a correct mixture for Andre by analyzing his alcohol intake. It was a medical breakthrough, and the system is still used to this day. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Also, two liters of vodka... Just to start getting your buzz,
3: yeah. Just to, just to warm up. That's how that's how you get the night started. Uh, but that no, like his drunkenness led to medical breakthroughs.
1: It did. Uh, this this surgery, by the way, uh, is the surgery just before uh, the nineteen eighty seven uh, WrestleMania match with uh, Hulk Hogan. Oh God! So like, and. and to 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 his credit this is the one uh M- Vince McMahon paid for the like ho- uh, junior paid for the whole uh whole procedure if they could if he wanted to do it
3: wow jeez so i got to say um there's always those memes floating around of like uh women with a time machine men with a time machine if i had a time machine i would definitely go back to the night that andre the giant and dusty Rhodes hijacked horse drawn carriages yes and rode them through new york city mm mm-hmm. mhm that's a thousand percent where I would go. Just,
1: yeah. Uh, you know where you probably wouldn't want to go? Ancient Greece.
0: Let's say, uh, many, many times before that, honestly.
1: <laughs> well, time travel <laughs> is a cracked video that I always remember that sticks with me. It's like, well, time travel is a white male fantasy. Uh, yeah. They get to yeah. go back in time with impunity. Anyone else, you're going to have a rough time. Depending on where you go.
3: You go back more than 30, 40 years, things start to get dicey.
1: Mm-hmm. Brittany would be a witch.
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. Bah- uh,
1: uh, we'd be weighing her against ducks, and... Mm-hmm.
0: There we are. Yep. Well, I don't... There was a no transition there. Sorry. I was going to be, like, speaking of witches.
1: Well, I would started
3: the transition, know. and then yeah. we, we derailed it. That's that's how we roll. A better transition would have been, uh, after talking, saying Andre's name, speaking of greatness.
0: Ah, yes.
1: Alexander the Pretty Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Alexander the Great. Someone
1: does that a YouTube video, I almost stole the bit, and I was like, no, I respect them too much to to steal (laughs) that joke.
0: uh, So there are a few people in ancient history as well-known as Alexander of Macedon or Alexander the Great. He's known for conquering one of the largest empires in world history in a blazingly famous or fast amount of time, never losing a battle and then dying around the age of 33 to a fever or poison or his rampant alcoholism.
1: There is a uh, there is debate about how he died. And part of it just comes down to some like I I, I, I lean on fever. That's the thing that makes the most sense to me. Mm. But uh, alcoholism is a a solid one after you reread some of this bit uh but they're like oh maybe it was poison because they just can't accept that alexander the great got
3: sick and died
0: well i i mean in that time period it's like well anything could have i mean <laughs> could have been they anything
3: just, i mean the alcohol is poison
0: <laughs> true mild poison uh yeah so what is less known by most people today is that he was by our standards at the very least most likely a raging alcoholic, according to many contemporary sources. Contemporary historians were all too eager to highlight Alexandra's love of alcohol. Uh, Arian. Arian. Okay. Uh, writing approximately 400 years after Alexander's death,
1: says contemporaries. There's there's some air quotes around some of these, but I was gonna say uh, that, gotcha. that's a uh, you know I get to, I'll get the get to the end of the paragraph
0: okay. <laughs> says he drank in moderation but over time he began to drink to quote barbaric excess plutarch <laughs> attributes his fondness for drinking on his warm temperament whilst quintus uh, curtius rufus asserts that all of his qualities were marred by his quote
3: Inexcusable fondness for drink. Look, you said Plutarch, uh, and then credibility starts to float out the window.
1: Those, uh, I mean, one Plutarch had a lot of had a had a lot of angles to grind with his yeah. uh, his his stuff. That is a uh, a Greek historian during the Roman em- uh, Empire, early Roman Empire era, and I forget when Rufus, Quintus Curtius Rufus, is from, but mm. it, that is a Roman name, so yeah, that. However, you can read the rest of it, but at, just put in context for how, how old all these sources are.
3: You're, that's looking at it through Roman tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, we're-
0: Contemporary Trump's. is a, a bit of a stretch when they're writing multiple centuries after his death, but they at least had the primary sources to read from then. So,
4: yeah.
1: Which a lot of those we don't have.
0: Fair enough. Uh, that Alexander drank wine was a given. Wine was the drink of choice throughout ancient Greece, with plenty of good quality wine available, especially to kings and nobles. It's likely that the finest wines of uh, Chios. Probably,
1: that that Chios? seems right. Chios, maybe, maybe Chios. They, yeah. If you want a more Greek accurate name, they didn't have like the ch Chug. sound; would be like a hard yeah. k more most of the
0: time. But uh, I'm gonna go with Chios then. Uh, Chalcidus and Naxos. I'm sorry. Graced Macedonian banqueting halls with uh, bib- Bibline? Bibline?
1: Yeah, Bibline and
0: Crimean uh, 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 pr- 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 pramine. Why do I have the words this <laughs> episode? Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I did this to myself. Um, <laughs> wines from Turkey being the staple drink went on campaign. The ancient Greeks diluted their wine with water and viewed anybody who drank their wines undiluted as barbaric. The Macedonians, on the other hand, drank their wine undiluted, earning the derision of their more civilized neighbors.
1: There was a, Macedonians had an answer for that. It's called conquer and burn Thebes to the ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Alexander's father, Philip, who himself was a big drinker, was even ridiculed in his own time with the Athenian orator uh Demosthenes. Demons- yes. Uh quipping, quote, Heavy drinking is a good quality in a sponge, but not a king. Ouch. That's
1: a that's a good like classical burn.
3: Yeah. Well done.
1: Classical in the yeah like historical <laughs> sense, not music or
3: Yeah. You, you can okay, see the possible the self-satisfied smirk after someone saying that in a public setting,
4: mm-hmm.
1: especially in Athenian, just going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I can also imagine is a bunch of, uh, uh Athenians in the, uh, 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 in the theater, you know, uh, yeah, during this sort of public, uh, oration, just going like,
0: damn. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Um, so let's highlight a couple of more notable drinking stories that happened during his short life. So Which I
1: want to point out these are not in chronological order. Okay.
0: But, not long after Alexander arrived back in Susa, uh, the Zagros Mountains in Iran, in 323 BC, after reaching as far as India on his campaign, his friend and philosopher, Calanus uh, question mark?
1: Calanius, I believe. Sure.
0: Uh, Approached him and said he was going to immolate himself rather than live any longer as an invalid, as you do. Uh, Clinius actually went through the deed, or through with the deed, burning himself alive in front of thousands of people, and in his honor, Alexander decided to hold a drinking game. The rules of the game were simple whoever drank the most wine in one sitting would be the winner and would receive a golden crown. Obviously, Mm-hmm. Uh the prize on offer would have set most men up for generations so there wasn't a shortage of contestants who set about drinking themselves stupid. Forty two of them would quickly die of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Uh Promacus, uh who is that right?
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
0: Okay. Uh, who won the contest, having downed roughly thirteen liters of unmixed wine? Jesus Christ!
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, claimed his prize and the adulation of the Macedonians. He died three days later of alcohol poisoning. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, all for a gymnos- gymnosophist uh, who had little time for physical pleasures such as wine. <laughs>
1: that's that's the funny bit like some sort of sophist philosopher and was like to deal with my problems in a stoic manner and
3: they go let's party yeah. oh dear. 13 liters of wine <laughs> unmixed wine yeah
1: just crow, crow, crow. <laughs> the
3: love of gods in yeah
1: in one sitting
3: how did like he, at that point you were that it was 3 days later. Yeah, the fact huh? that it took 3 days, it had to have been because in the first day he slipped into the coma and <laughs> his Wrong. body slowly was shutting down for the next two.
1: All I could think of was like at 13 liters, it's surprising you didn't
0: drown. Yeah. Um Uh so let's look a little further back. To see probably the worst example of why you probably shouldn't mix uh, megalomani- megalomaniacal world conquering desires with alcohol. We got to we
3: got to refuel the way back machine to yeah. get back into this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, whilst stationed at Persepolis, Alexander accepted an invitation to a drinking party with some of his friends. Unusually, his friends were accompanied by their wives and mistresses, and they made merry throughout the night. Yeah, As they the- did. As the evening wore on, an Athenian mistress named Theus uh, got up and gave a speech praising Alexander's deeds and imploring the party to burn Persepolis to the ground. <laughs> Obviously. Right. Uh Curt- Curtius continues the story, quote, as the drunken whore gave her opinion on a matter of extreme <laughs> importance, one or two who were, the- who were themselves the worse for drink agreed with her. The king, too, was enthusiastic rather than acquiescent. They were all flushed with wine, and they got up drunk to burn a city, which they had spared while under arms. Alexander took the lead, setting fire to the palace, to be followed by his drinking companions, his attendants, and uh, courtesans. Large sections of the palace had been made of cedar, so the conflagration quickly spread over a large area. (sighs) Yeah. yeah the burning of Persepolis which or whether committed sober or drunk was senseless desecration afterwards uh, Curtius alludes that the macedonians were ashamed that they had burned the city and that alexander himself regretted it once sober he even had a long time adviser essentially tell him not to burn down the nice things that he just took in his conquest if he wanted to keep an empire <laughs> <laughs>
3: This, this is, so this is just this a, is why, like, we, this can't is why we can't nice have things. nice things. <laughs> so is this a whole thing just foreshadowing of uh, a library burning? Uh, it's like, look, you couldn't keep it together and not burn down nice things. Well, so the nice things made in your honor shall be burned.
1: Look, that city, Alexandria, Egypt, was ready to riot at the drop of a hat. <laughs> The fact that that library didn't get set fire to earlier is is frankly a miracle.
3: (laughs) Just all that uh, all that kindling stored in one place. Uh, But yeah, Uh,
1: there's also some stories about Alexander cutting the arms off of one of his bodyguards. He got into a drunken fight with him and then throwing another guy, killing another guy by throwing a spear through him like you do. (sighs) You shouldn't get him drunk.
3: Look, I mean, Rook gets out of hand. No joke. All right. Speaking of, uh,
1: speaking of drunk people.
2: That is what we're doing.
1: It we is. We have spoken before. About uh, the ridiculous- Casey, you're a little.
2: <laughs> Sorry. We have <laughs> spoken before about the ridiculous drinking of American author Ernest Hemingway, especially his love of absinthe. But we'd be remiss if we didn't at least try to mention him in a episode about historical heavy drinkers. I think of his recipe for death in the afternoon. pour one jigger absinthe into a champagne glass, add ice champagne until it attains the proper opalescent milk- milkiness, and drink three to five of these slowly. Here, here. Mm. It was a local blacksmith who introduced young Ernie, Ernest Hemingway to the world of drinking, giving him a glass of hard cider. That's everybody's perfect first entry into to alcohol. Something really slightly yes. sweet, even, Spe-
1: especially like in a nice like winter setting. Like, oh yeah, have, have a little mm. cider.
2: Yes, from the humble introduction of this, went forth. Uh, Hemingway went forth to engage. The wide world of alcohol, like nearly all great drunks, Hemingway was a wide-ranging omnivore when it came to the booze. While a young man in Europe, he absorbed enough wine, cognac, brandy, grappa, and absinthe to start taking himself uh, thinking of himself as some sort of expert. He didn't consider a meal a meal unless wine was served, and sometimes that meant six bottles.
1: <laughs> Lord. Yeah, no. Uh,
2: or like six bottles of sake. That's the way it goes sometimes.
1: I, I feel personally attacked.
2: Oh, you know, you should feel like uh, you've got a companion here on that <laughs> one. Hemingway was a prolific drinker, as documented by Philip Green in his guide on what, when, and where Hemingway drank. To have and have another, the globe-trotting rider drank daiquiris in Cuba, gin and coconut water in Key West, Bloody Marys in Paris. His advice? Don't bother with churches, government buildings, or city squares. If you want to know what culture is, spend the night in its bars. If you don't want to know about a culture, spend the night in its bars. I agree with that completely.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a really good – Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool to see a lot of nice, cool buildings, but if you really want to get a feel for a place, go get drunk down there.
2: <laughs> Real salt of the glass, people.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of glass <laughs> – Salt of but to
2: be damned, he was not above drinking straight from the bottle. He compared it to a girl going swimming without her swimming suit. It happens. On safari, he claimed he was never inebriated, though his hunting companions testified his first drinker ride with the dawn, and that around the camp, his drinking would have uh, killed a less tough man. While covering <laughs> World War II from the front lines, he kept his canteen filled with gin and personally liberated with the help of his private army, the Cambon pa- Bar of Paris. Ritz Paris's Ritz Hotel.
1: <laughs> just like that. Men, we have to do something very important. We need to save this bar. Ah they come back and there's just like a hemming way. I assume some French uh, uh you know uh, uh what the what, what did de Gaulle call his army uh but you know some of them and You know, various groups and they're just like just sing the French national anthem as they're like just super toasted.
3: And then he faced a mutiny with his own private navy when hunting Nazis. (laughs) Because they ran out of booze. Yeah. Um In Cuba. Hemingway cranked
2: up his game. On a typical evening, he started out with Absinthe, drank a bottle of good red wine with a dinner, shifted to vodka in town, then battened it down with whiskeys and sodas until 3 a.m. You know, I'm behind this whole process until you get into the 3 a.m. part.
1: Yeah. Right? There's a certain point you're like, guys,
2: I got stuff to do. How well, old is mean, Hemingway at this point, you know?
1: Uh, his Cuba phase, I want to say he's probably in like his... Forty? Uh, let's see. He was. Oh
2: my goodness. He was. It is. Tw- if he ain't twenty five or younger, then it's not. It's not in the cards for me.
1: Yeah. He was. Uh. Well, because like he was. Uh. In World War One. So he I mean, He'd have been probably about forty in World War Two. So he's like forty or fifty probably around now. <laughs> oh.
2: God. Oh, I can't keep up.
1: Uh, yeah. Right. No. It's. It's. That's the thing. You're just like. I guess good on you, but holy crap.
2: Well, although Hemingway was fond of telling visiting interviewers that he rose at 430 a.m. and never drank before noon, a journalist who actually observed him in action at his Cuban home reported that upon rising, Hemingway usually starts drinking right away and writes standing up with a pencil in one hand and a drink in the other. (laughs) I suppose he was drinking the whole time, but seldom showed it, Friend Dennis Zafiro said. Just became merrier, more lovable and bullshitty. Without <laughs> drink, he was a mor- he was a morose, silent, and depressed. Uh well he was hungover. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he didn't have the regimen that uh Churchill had. Churchill had that like Churchill lived by that Archer quote where like, you know, he's gotta like taper off from his drinking, or the collective hangover will kill him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> Churchill's was like the rocks drink or like meal plan but for alcohol. <laughs>
2: I'm just like he has to
0: maintain, you know. Yeah.
2: Maintain. Uh according to the article, most of this port uh oh, sorry. Yes. According to the article, most of this portion came to contrary to popular myth.
1: Oh, sorry. There's a that that's a uh miss thing from there's a bit I forgot to reword here. Uh, uh, let's just say. Uh, oh, sorry. According to an article where most of this came from. Uh, that's that's the uh, section I got missing. Where uh, most of the. Oh, sorry. According gotcha, to the article, most of this portion came from uh, came yep. to should have been from there's. There's the problem. Cool. Sorry about script editing. There's a sentence my brain filled in. It's why someone else probably should have read, read over it before me.
2: <laughs> it's just as easy.
0: Like, we're not even trying to be on that level, okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Contrary to popular myth, according to the article most of this portion came from, it was not the booze that drove Hemingway to shoot himself. He pulled the trigger after three months of forced abstinence. In lieu of alcohol, he was force-fed a steady diet of shock treatments and promises he would never be allowed to drink again. Hemingway's son wrote, he might have survived with alcohol, but he could not live when deprived of it.
1: That's uh that the, the the line about his friend saying he was, you know, morose, silent and depressed, and then you know, I'm certain the shock Humanist. therapies didn't help. Yeah. Uh however, there, there, there are two views of this.
2: However, there's a quote with a different idea of his life expectancy. The manager of the Gritty Palace in Venice tells me, the, the writer, the author, Anthony Burgess wrote in a biography. Um sorry. The manager of Gritty Palace in Venice tells Anthony Burgess, who wrote in a biography, that three bottles of Valopocella, Pochella, probably. The first thing in the day were nothing to him. Then there were the daiquiris. Ah, yes, the daiquiris. Scotch, tequila, bourbon, vermouth, less <laughs> martinis. So, of course, the best type of martini.
1: <laughs> they they stirred that, the, the vodka on ice while staring at a picture of the man who invented the vermouth. Hmm.
2: The physical punishment he took from alcohol was actively courted. The other punishments... <laughs> were grat- gratuitous. Kidney trouble from fishing in chill Spanish waters, a toying torn grunt groin muscle from something unspecified when he was visiting Polencia. A finger gash to the bone in a mishap with a punching bag.
4: All right. Sure. He had,
2: mm-hmm. had a little bit of a a rough go at it. As British journalist John Walsh documents in his article on Hemingway suicide, Ernest went to a doctor in nineteen thirty seven Complaining of stomach pains, liver damage was diagnosed, he was told to give up alcohol. He refused. Seven years later, in nineteen forty four, when Martha Galhorn visited him in the hospital, she found empty liquor bottles under his bed. In nineteen fifty-seven, his doctor friend A. J. Monier wrote urgently, My dear Ernie, you must stop drinking alcohol. This is definitely of the most utmost of the utmost importance. But even then he couldn't stop.
4: Mm.
1: So yeah, there's a couple of different versions of that. Although I do question the one guy saying he was doing daiquiris. He was diabetic. He didn't mm. he do a lot of sugar. <laughs> uh, so some, you know, some of the daiquiris, maybe he did some every now and then, but
3: you he may know. have gone through a phase where he was like, "Oh yeah, it's like we've got to get a little healthier, so let's do it. <laughs> Toss some fruit in there." Yeah, you it know, so some fruit in there. And then after a little bit, it's like, no, this doesn't really mesh with my uh, diabetes. And
1: you got a choice pancreas or liver? He chose
3: pancreas. <laughs> he chose poorly.
1: Uh, yeah, but that Indeed. that about does this for, for today's episode. It was a little, little long, yeah. uh, but. But, but fun.
3: Uh, fun and informative.
1: Uh, we can Indeed. do more of these somewhere down the road. I'm, I'm thinking we can oh, yes, round one or I two mean, more of these.
3: When the idea was floated, my number one uh, idea was uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Who, who was would scream
1: a, and rave and rant.
3: It <laughs> was a legendary uh, boozer.
1: Was, uh, which was risky uh, because the whiskey he would then spill it on his pants.
3: <laughs> You're just going to go through the whole thing.
1: Uh, yeah well look i'll stop before i start getting into other presidents
0: well we uh we've all also been drinking during this so (laughs) sparkling
3: muscatel one of the finest wines of idaho Uh, would you taste it for us please excellent choice should be for 95 cents Mm never not like
1: that <laughs> right it's it's so good
0: the steve martin thing is i, we, I it came up on the the our tv um that they're starting season 3 of that only mergers in the building i'm like Jesus, yeah. we still haven't even watched I, that show yet
1: i haven't watched it but I, I in my head i was like there's no way this will uh, this can keep going and then i i am basically i'm just forgetting that it's steve martin, martin short. and 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 martin short they're fantastic they're
3: just a delight together. And apparently, they
0: and apparently, have pretty good chemistry with Selena Gomez. And it's like, yeah,
1: I've seen whatever, them like, do interviews together. And that's like really fun because she's just like, yeah, we can't do text or email chains with them anymore. They're old men and it's uh, it's <laughs> a problem. And they're like, why? They sign all their text messages. Yeah. It's like, sends a message like, Dear Selena, blah, blah, blah. Signed Marty. Marty, you don't. You don't have to sign them. But at a certain point, knowing them, they know. <laughs> they know
0: damn well what they're doing.
3: So, Bob, I don't know it's, if you saw it uh, relating to everything we've been talking about. There was a children's book at the toy store we were at earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Taft is stuck in the bath. Oh, I did see that. Yes. I, I thought that was a book you found at Taft's alehouse. House. No, that was at, a, at uh, King Arthur's Court. I had to go nice. peruse the children's books. I wanted to get it. But. They had a lot of
0: great books there, actually. <laughs> a lot of great everything.
3: And yet we well, bought an $8 squishy donut.
0: Because that's what we could get away with right
3: now. <laughs> Fair enough. Really. So what have you guys been drinking? Uh, uh, we had to kick it off with a garage beer. Uh, I, What's it say on the can? Who... What are they, who are they claiming? Because it's from Braxton, but they've now spun it out into its own. Oh, uh, I don't know. Of, for like tax reasons, they're like, no, no, it's its own thing. It's a, it's from its, the it's Garage it's gar- Beer Brewing Company or whatever. It's, it's Garage Beer loves Chachi. Yeah. yeah, pretty much.
0: But it's a, it's a genuinely good. Like, just it's hot. I need a beer as <laughs> beer.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Uh. I will say a uh, um
1: ethereal. Had one of those like a uh, like a like a Mexican cerveza style, mm-hmm. like a Mexican beer style, um, with like lime added. It's like a little citrusy.
3: They do they do
0: that. Uh, they had- Garage beer has a lime. Uh, I don't know variant yeah. as well.
1: And I was having that like on Friday, and I was just like, "This is hitting the spot. It's <laughs> it's warm. It's not as hot as it had been, but this is this is doing all right."
3: We got it last weekend for when uh, her parents were up. I was like, we need a we need a beer ass beer, and it's just a, you know, it's just a crispy boy, she can keep Mm -hmm. around. I was like, all right, we'll we'll do that because we need a primer to get into what we're actually drinking, and because we don't do anything socially anymore except for this. (laughs) So there's no more. Can you
0: count Pokemon Go in the park as being social? I'm not drinking
3: oh. with those people so no. Uh but the, literally I've got like a whole level of the refrigerator that's nothing but Dark Lord and I was like I can't I'm Poke- not going to keep holding on to this stuff.
1: Pokemon Go line shares is all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> if only. One day maybe. So we cracked into a 2017 Dark Lord uh because I'm like man this is the this is the oldest I've got in there and they're going to start turning I mean they're already turning.
4: It's still but, good.
3: Yeah, it's still. So I think the older they get, the more the uh, the soy sauce comes out.
0: Oh, I'm not getting that. That's oh, really? Interesting. That's what I
3: got. It, it's there's like no sweetness. Should have had there. Chinese food? <laughs> we'll have to. Oh, I've got plenty left in there. <laughs> the The opportunity is still around. Nice, but still, uh, I mean. This is from twenty seventeen. There is still amazing body on this thing. You've got some of the uh, soy sauce character still hanging around. A big maltiness. I don't know. It, I mean, it still holds up. I, it's this beer's brewed to hang around this long or longer. Yeah, it's just so interesting. I don't know. I'll, I'll never, I'll never not find it interesting. There is something great about every vintage of it. I don't know. I've never well, I've never had one that's like. Ten years old or something. It might be bad by that point.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. We should have it actually with our. We got another pack of the the teriyaki meatballs from Costco.
3: <laughs> teriyaki pineapple meatballs.
0: It's freaking good.
3: It was. We did it with rice. It was, it was sticky rice. It was tasty. Anyway, Bob, what are you drinking? Uh,
1: I have been drinking through uh, a, a, a bottle of Glenlivet 12 year Scotch. Oh, All
3: right. it, it really? Living the Churchill?
1: Just <laughs> doing the Churchill section. I mean, I didn't have any soda. That was the only thing I could have tried to do a Scotch and soda, but honestly, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? I just you know, let's look, look. Let's just be better for myself and just skip the soda. I'll, I don't and, need that, that, that taurine and, and whatever pre, else is the, in there.
3: The pre show of the when you're looking around, we suggested drink like Churchill. And it's the no, you probably don't have any scotch that's uh, low enough on the totem pole to sully by mixing.
1: <laughs> it, it's fair. I was looking back there going, like, Do I?
3: That's, oh, no. I, I look at my shelf and it's like if someone was over asking for a bourbon and coke, I'd be like, "You get it somewhere else because you're not mixing any of the bourbon on my shelf with anything." Yeah. Honestly,
0: I so it just reminds me like we need a, a new, an, another clip just to have it the ready, like not for anything specific, but of of Gomez from the is it the second movie I think when he's like not, not in, in this, this house. house, this house. That's just that just needs to be around. <laughs>
1: uh but yeah this is a nice uh it's it's a it's a very nice scotch i've just been sitting here sipping on it enjoying the whole night uh got a got a nice nice bit of flavor into it i'm getting a little like i'm getting a nice like little pediatric taste i actually don't normally notice uh been a minute since i've had some so I'm like
2: i heard that originally as pediatric taste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah it's it got, a, like nice, it's got a nice it's got a nice
1: yeah, I going to say, it's a nice Pedialyte taste. <laughs> it's what I'm going to need if I keep drinking any more of it.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, not good, me, Bob.
1: It's a good scotch. What are you drinking, Casey?
2: I will not need Pedialyte if I keep drinking this because it's got enough water in it for everybody.
3: Drinking um, Pedialyte. And
2: that's Milwaukee's Beast Light. Oh, oh yeah. The beast, beast Light. Is it a... Oh, uh, yes.
1: Is it is it keeping up to how, how we think?
2: It's delicious.
3: That's, it's, it's, it's,
0: an, it's another perfect. good like it's hot out. I need oh, yeah. something to just yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. That's what it, that's that's become the go to. And it, again, we would have never gone down that road had we not done the light beer blind taste. Yeah, I say
0: so, that was my idea and I pushed it for was. it. And guess what?
3: <laughs> I, I supported you with it. I like the idea. I, I still love uh the gas station in front of us. They have a sign. And, that's a that's
1: a patron episode, by the way. That was something like from from a while back. So I was, was trying to look it? through our show notes, and I was like, um, why can't I find this? Like, it's a patron episode.
3: Uh, yeah, do Well, uh, point. we have time. Gas station down the road. Uh, they're missing a lot of their letters, so instead of saying we have, it just says wave. <laughs> Obviously. And uh, it, what's it say? It has M W Best Light because. Oh. The, the beast is huge in the rural communities around here. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, <laughs> if you uh, get about 20, 30 minutes outside of town and find a little gas station to pull in, they have it stacked to the ceiling because it's all those old farmers drink. And those old drink. farmers aren't wrong. They drink a ton of like, it. And I yeah, kind of get like, it now. Like We just, discovered it's like, yeah, because it's not half bad and it's really cheap. And it's
0: yeah. it one of the ones that stayed like it crispy longer.
3: Yeah. The the yeah. warmer it got, it still stayed crisp. So I was like, Yeah, yeah no dog. That's, that's where I'm going. Clean and tasty.
4: Uh,
2: well now that we've talked a little bit about what we're drinking, let's talk about the writer of this episode, which was Justin slash Bob.
1: Howdy. No one yeah, there's lasers. a lot of there's a lot of sources for this one because this was a lot of just internet searching of Find dumb stories for for the thing, because there's uh all uh for some Winston Churchill stuff, along with uh me billbocatme- uh medium.com, uh, Thrillist had a couple of good articles, mm. drunkard.com had some great stories.
0: Sure. <laughs>
1: uh GetYourCork.com had uh the article for Alexander the Great. Uh and Salon Uh, Had some depressing stuff about. Can uh, we just say the
3: title of that one? Hemingway drank too much. Our strange macho romance with Papa's alcoholism.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Look, I'm not saying the entire the entire article was fantastic, but there was some there was some stuff I could use in there.
2: There was some information. (laughs) Really.
1: It it and they're not wrong. We really should not romance alcoholism. Which no. Does feel like what we were doing this entire episode, but most of it was just kind of like, I can't believe they lived as long as they did. It did help that they were all rich,
3: yeah oh yeah,
0: money and they, they had people around them like doing you know other
1: Churchill lived to be ninety
3: giant uh, in that time
0: period that's also ridiculous. The
3: giant was not rich to be fair, he drank it all away he, mm.
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's fair. You don't but, you don't
3: drink that amount and still have money when you're a professional wrestler.
1: Yeah, uh, but Alexander and uh, Hemingway. Yeah, they were fine. both both were doing doing pretty okay for themselves.
3: Pretty well. <sighs>
1: well,
2: is losing its Do you bonus. know what you can do to do pretty well for yourself?
1: <laughs> what can what can you do?
2: You can subscribe and get some resources at haveadrinkshow.com or follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv.
1: You can tell us your favorite or drink. YouTube. Or YouTube. Is it YouTube now. YouTube now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. Uh, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Tell us if you want. I, I would appreciate it if you would email in. And, you know, if you have legendary drinkers, let us know. Right. We like you know of
3: episode two of this. Yeah. So... I've got some
1: ideas, but I, I would like. I would like some 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 audience suggestions if we can find them.
2: Let's uh let's put the jackass uh disclaimer here. We will not submit or select from any individual stories.
1: Yeah, uh, no, this please is
2: please do not these these drunk acts are performed by professionals. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we yeah. don't need any Well, like, I just, sad...
1: I I mean specifically historical figures. Yeah,
2: yeah. We will not yeah. open or view them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to do that, you can uh, use the email address, feedback at com, or you can use the feedback page on the website.
3: And as we've stated several times, all joking fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Do not Don't. take these as how-tos.
1: Yeah. Don't drink like these people.
3: Yes, they're, they're it dead.
0: Was, it was also very different times when <laughs> all, much of this occurred. So, uh, yeah. It's a... <sighs> the thing alright well you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode and remember to check out haveadrinkshow.com once again I'm Brittany Lee Walker
1: I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker
2: case, Bryce, we'll see you next time
1: Bye.
4: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker.
1: (laughs) I held off on that as long as I could.